2: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again Chris Powell. Chris is the uh, is with the Gold Antitrust Action Committee. He's one of the principals of that uh, fine firm, a a company um, really that is um, well, it's a civil rights organization. So welcome, Chris. Really good to have you back again. Oh,
3: thanks for the invitation,
2: Jay. For the sake of those that may not be that familiar with GATA, and I can't imagine that a high percentage of our listeners wouldn't be uh, at least somewhat familiar with GATA. But why? Uh, why is it a, a civil rights organization? On what basis? How do we, how do you get to that point?
3: Well, we uh, we have the premise, Jay, that uh, people uh, participating in the markets have a have a right to free and uh, fair markets that are not manipulated, not uh, interfered with uh, surreptitiously. In fact, that's the the law in the United States and really most uh, uh, modern uh, democratic. Uh, uh, nations and uh, we also have the premise that uh citizens in a democracy have a right to uh, transparent uh, accountable government which means if governments are uh, uh, interfering in markets or intervening in markets uh, that uh people as citizens have a right to know what their government is doing in that respect. Yeah, imagine that, huh? Um, yeah, I know yeah, it may sound I, quaint but these I, days, but that was 13 years ago when we got started. <laughs>
2: well, I think most people probably still sort of believe that their government is here to protect them and help them and we have the SEC and we have other organizations and your government is here to protect you you should trust them so why not I mean what are the reasons and I guess that's what we want to talk about to an extent it's been pointed out that there hasn't been an audit of the Fed since Eisenhower and James Turk pointed that out a number of years ago and yet supposedly according to uh, what you discussed on the Russian uh, television interview the Los Angeles Times reported that the uh, that there is some sort of an audit going on in the uh, at the Fed in New York. Could you tell our listeners about that?
3: Yeah, the LA Times reported uh, a few weeks ago that uh, Federal Reserve has uh, begun an audit of the gold bars that are stored at the New York Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, it's a vault that... Holds, uh, much of the western world's uh, official gold reserves. Unfortunately, according to the LA Times story, the audit there consists largely of, uh, uh, drilling some of the gold bars and assaying them, uh, to make sure that they are indeed, uh, up to the, uh, required purity of gold and that Mm -hmm. is not the problem with uh, official gold reserves. Uh, uh, I don't think anybody's ever seriously suggested that the gold bars being held by the Federal Reserve or the Treasury Department or even any of the other Western Central Banks are likely to be uh, fakes uh, like uh, uh, gold-coated tungsten. The the compelling issue, according to all the research we've done for 13 years, uh, is uh, a question of uh, ownership and uh, uh, whether uh, more more uh more gold is uh, believed owned by people who have placed it on deposit with various central banks, including uh, the Fed than there really is gold to support it that is uh, whether that uh, that gold has been uh, loaned or leased or uh, compromised in its uh in ownership claims uh, which uh claims that have not been made public. And that's really what we, we want to know. We we know from uh, an admission by the Federal Reserve in our freedom of information case against the Fed uh, a couple of years ago, we have an admission in writing from a uh, uh, then governor of uh, the Federal Reserve that they, the Fed has secret gold swap arrangements with uh, with foreign banks and the mm-hmm. Fed doesn't want these arrangements to uh, become public. We have very compelling evidence that other Western central banks, particularly the uh, the German central bank, the Bund Bank and the Bank of England uh, have engaged in gold swap arrangements. Uh, this is to uh, mystify the uh, ownership and location of a lot of the gold so that uh, it can be uh, uh, put into the market to affect the price without uh, the market actually knowing where where the gold is coming from and what the, uh, the true level of uh, Western Central Bank gold reserves is. It's it's basically a, a market uh, deception scheme that we're trying to get the bot- to the bottom of, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's... Uh, it's it's this that we want audited. We'd like to know uh, what are the gold swap arrangements that the Fed has, that the Bank mm-hmm. of England has, that the Bundesbank uh, uh, has. Uh, we want the uh, the records that bear on the uh, the gold ownership. We we didn't ask anybody to drill holes in the bars. Right. How
2: much gold is really there, and then who owns that gold? Those are the questions, right?
3: Yes, and uh, you know whether uh, uh, there are any of these uh, international agreements uh, to uh, uh, surreptitiously. Uh, put gold into the market to uh, affect the price and and rig the uh, the currency markets. You have to remember, Jay, that uh, this sort of thing was public policy in the open back in mm-hmm. the 1960s through uh, the, the mechanism uh, called the London Gold Pool, which uh, mm-hmm. uh, until I believe March 1968 uh, was openly rigging the price in London uh, through the uh, coordinated disordering of Western central bank gold reserves, the uh, mm-hmm. United States, Bank of England, and I believe six other Western European uh, nations had committed to disordering their gold reserves uh uh, in a coordinated way in order to prevent the price from rising and finally they were losing so much gold in early 1968 that uh, they were in danger of losing all their reserves and they had to shut the gold pool down but this gold price rigging used to be done in the open as a matter of public policy and uh, we have collected a lot of evidence that is still being done but uh, being done surreptitiously so that not as much gold has to be disordered uh,
2: uh, It seems to me interesting though that there is this sort of of, um, drilling of the gold bars you know i i know certain adversaries of uh of gata one that comes to mind is john Nadler. i remember him scoffing at uh at gata saying i've been there i've seen the gold i think jeffrey christian said the same thing you can go down there it's all there but that uh, as you point out isn't the issue it's not the issue whether or not there is gold in the fed and at west point i guess is and where else do we keep it in port uh, knoxo west
3: point uh vault uh, the new york Fed, uh, the uh uh, fort Knox, of course, and then I guess there's uh there's some at the uh, the mints uh, uh, that is you know used for the small amount that is turned into souvenir coinage for sure you. sure yeah
2: the fort knox is a is a mysterious thing though there is a, that's another issue we won't have time for today, but whether there is anything at Fort Knox has been speculation for years, but that's not the issue as you as you point out, there is a lot of evidence uh that there are games being played by the uh by the powers that be with respect to the to the gold markets and, and we want to get to, uh, to those, uh, powers that be. Well, the official, uh, word, I think the official number that is quoted for the U.S. gold ownership, I think it comes out of something like 261 million ounces or something like that. And that's a number that hasn't changed for a long time. You see it on the, on the, uh, you know, on the Barons. I used to see it in Barons every week when they'd publish the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. That's a number that's been supposedly there. So the government is telling us that they, the U.S. government is telling us that they are holding that amount of gold, and it's been there for a long, long time, right?
3: Yes, uh, but there's also documentation, Jay, to suggest that the gold has been put into play. Um, uh, James Turk of Gold Money, who's a consultant to our committee some years ago, uh, went through the uh, the records of the U.S. Exchange Stabilization Fund and, and found data suggesting that uh, uh some of that gold uh had been uh, either leased or or bled into the market in, in some way um, you know the, the the you'll never i think uh, never until uh, nirvana comes uh, get a a complete accurate accounting of the uh location and disposition of western central bank gold reserves uh, uh they they play a shell game with us as to where everything is at any particular moment but if you look very very closely you can you can find admissions that the central bank's uh uh, even in recent years I've been playing games with uh, the gold market we've put together a, a vast uh, really inventory of these records and recently we put together a, a number of questions that uh, could be put to uh, the major central banks the the Fed the Bank of England the Bundesbank the Bank for International Settlements uh, particularly which uh, cite specific documents and admissions and, and ask uh, questions that I think would, would show if they were answered that uh, there is surreptitious intervention in the gold market now by, by central banks. Uh, I've tried very hard to get journalists for mainstream uh, financial organizations to to, uh, to press these questions with the central banks. Uh, have not yet been successful, but uh, maybe one of these years. Why do you think that is? Oh, uh I think it's because the the, the the major investment houses are being used as agents by the uh, the central banks for market intervention. We know that's certainly the case with J.P. Morgan Chase here in the United States. Whenever the Fed has got to rescue somebody uh, or intervene in the market in one way or another, they always go through Morgan Chase. That's a mem- matter of a public record. I, I don't know why people should be so. Skeptical of suggestions that uh, the Fed might be using, you know, Morgan Chase or other investment houses uh, for surreptitious intervention in, uh, in 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 the markets. Uh, you know, the you know the the major investment houses are all uh, primary dealers in U.S. government uh, securities. They have private uh, communications with the uh, Fed and the Treasury all the time. Uh, in fact, when we were uh, suing the Fed or hectoring the Fed first for uh, the Fed's gold documents. Um, we were denied in part on grounds that um, the records we were uh, we were seeking uh, uh, would uh, disclose trade secrets uh, of parties unknown. Well, you know, how yeah. can the Fed have <laughs> any trade secrets? Well, uh-huh. presumably the Fed has trade secrets uh, because it is dealing with uh, with intermediaries in in, in the market. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, now, that is just uh, speculation to some degree, but uh, we do know, we have statements from the Fed, we have a court case uh, in which they, uh, we have a judicial ruling that the Fed has many secret gold records uh, that uh, do not have to be disclosed to the public. So uh, we know that the Fed is tampering in the gold market, we just don't know the full extent of it. But even to get a financial journalist to acknowledge that this secrecy is now uh, a matter of public uh, record, that this intervention is a matter of public record, uh, uh, it's uh, it's just been uh, beyond my ability to get them to act.
2: Chris, it seems to me that maybe one of the reasons that the journalists uh, and the people in the mainstream aren't interested in this subject is they don't really understand how important it is.
3: Oh, uh, that's that's very true, Jay. I mean, to most people, gold is just some quaint uh, antique from a bygone age that we've uh, we've outgrown. Uh, Uh, I would have uh, thought the same way uh, maybe 15 uh, years ago. I have uh, discovered that uh, gold is actually, uh, even now, still the the secret knowledge of the the financial universe. It is uh, potentially uh, the most uh, powerful currency in the world, and and preventing it from uh, uh, becoming again what it was is, I think, the the primary objective of uh, U.S. government uh, foreign and economic policy. Well, certainly, Alan Greenspan
2: understood it and talked about it. He understood that gold had, was a, was a dirty secret. Uh, the, the reason that the federal uh, that the government hates gold is because it gets in the way of their um, uh, socialistic schemes and, and spending schemes and so forth. And of course, that was one of the reasons Nixon closed the gold window in seventy one was because he wanted to finance Vietnam and socialism without. Without raising taxes, and you could just go into debt, and, and uh, we just close the gold window, and there'd be no claim against U.S. gold any longer. But uh,
3: it's, it's get- a matter of controlling the, the currency markets. Uh, Jay, yeah. a few years ago, I, uh, I was doing a little research, um, and I discovered a, a report uh, that was uh, published by the U.S. government itself. Uh, the U.S. government back during World War II uh, published a monthly uh, intelligence letter. The War Department published it. It was called uh, uh, Tactical and technical trends in the March I'm sorry the November 1943 edition of the War Department uh, Intelligence Office uh, examined uh, the uh the Currency policy of Nazi Germany in occupied Europe and uh, you know most of us have this impression that the Nazis uh, looted uh, occupied Europe uh, at the uh, the point of guns and bayonets and it was a matter of the SS and Gestapo running around uh, taking all the uh, the gold and uh, the, you know the paintings out of the Louvre and shipping them off to Hermann Goering's palace in East Prussia and there was certainly some of that but uh, the overwhelming amount of uh, looting Of occupied Europe during World War 2 was not done that way it was done through the rigging of the currency markets uh for example uh when uh, uh Germany occupied France in the spring of uh, 1940 uh one of the first things uh, it did was change the exchange rate between the franc and the Reichsmark uh, which mm. uh, uh, had been i believe 2 francs to uh uh 1 Reichsmark or just about that and it it, uh, it changed the exchange rate to uh 1 uh, Reichsmark to uh, to 20 twenty francs uh this Basically put France into starvation as uh, uh, the whole of production of occupied France began to flow into uh, into Germany uh, with nothing flowing back uh, because of the rigging of the exchange rate and this indeed was the objective of German policy. they wanted to set up a currency system that uh, allowed uh, uh, Germany to buy up the production of uh, occupied Europe uh, in a way that prevented any production from flowing back from Germany mm-hmm. into occupied Europe. They did it in different ways in Eastern Europe, where there were not as sophisticated banking systems. They they issued special currency uh, there that was was not redeemable in Germany. But the, the War Department's intelligence uh, letter for November 1943 uh, detailed this. Uh, the United hmm. States knew uh, all about it. That the, the most efficient mechanism of uh, exploiting an occupied territory is is not the uh, the military mechanism uh, if you use troops to steal from people everybody knows who's doing it mm-hmm. it was the uh, the rigging of the currency markets well for a few years during World War two uh, Nazi Germany ran a hell of a trade deficit but because they controlled the currency market and occupied Europe they didn't care now, this is uh, completely analogous to what is happening today uh, the United States controls the currency markets it controls the uh, the one uh, real uh, world reserve currency uh, uh the dollar and uh, by controlling the currency markets it controls the uh, the value of the dollar now I'm not likening the United States government to a Nazi regime. I do think we're getting more and more totalitarian, but you know we're not quite uh, genocidal yet, but nevertheless, the mechanism of controlling uh, uh, populations the most efficient mechanism is control of the currency markets and that's what is uh, really the uh, objective of the gold price suppression scheme if you if you let gold reach a uh, A free market price, if you let it function in a a free currency market, then all of a sudden all the the other currencies are likely to depreciate against gold and your control over the planet uh, diminishes.
2: Well, and uh, this is exactly what seems to be happening. We've had John Perkins on this show. Uh, kind of written the book uh, "Confessions of an Economic Hitman," and his thesis is that uh, the, the modus operandi of the United States has been, uh, in the post-World War II era, was to basically get everybody in debt. And of course, if you have control of the, uh, you have control of the uh, global currency system, which the U.S. has had since the uh, since World War II, you just get everybody in debt, and then you own them, and that's. Uh, Controlling the system. This is one of the reasons that I, I claim, and I said at the at the top of the show, the reason that I think Richard Nixon uh, was the worst president, the most—he uh, was a traitor, in my view, was because he took us off the gold standard, and that enabled Greenspan to do all the naughty things he's done, and all the horrible things that have been done since with uh, the current uh, Federal Reserve Chairman as well in spades, but we send $2 trillion. Mr. Bernanke calls it a swap. Here we are back to swaps again. You're talking about gold swaps. Bernanke doesn't want to call it a loan, but in effect, it is a loan to $2 trillion to Europe to help them bail out their their troubled banking system. Are we not looking to surround Europe, in a sense, uh, the Anglo-American Empire to
3: grab a hold of Europe? Is that what's going on here? Well, that's what's going I, I, on then think Chris it's, isn't it's a this matter th- of keeping the, uh, uh, the political power in the world uh, where it is, and the, uh-huh. the primary uh, focus of that power is is the Federal Reserve. Uh, Ron Paul, the congressman from Texas, who long has complained about the Fed, I think has made the, the really compelling point that the uh, elected branches of our government, uh, the, the Congress and the, and the President, uh, control a very, very Small amount of money compared to the unelected branch of government, the, the Federal Reserve. That mm-hmm. is the, the the Fed is the, uh, the 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 real focus of of power in the United States, and it's uh, it's an unelected uh, agency. The elected branches of government uh, uh, have very little power compared to the Federal Reserve.
2: Yeah, and then you and yet, of course, that is not recognized by the masses, and uh, so we have these uh, elections that come up from time to time, and uh, you know, how meaningful are they? That's that's really a question. We have have uh, a few minutes yet before we have to go to a commercial break Chris but I want to get into this issue about um, if we have 261 million ounces we're supposed to have them but let's say we don't have all that and it's somewhere else now we've had people on this show including recently James Turk uh, has been on we've also had John Butler on both of these gentlemen believe that we are inevitably at least Butler does believes that we are inevitably heading towards some sort of a gold-backed monetary system again well, let me ask you this and maybe this is something we don't know how much time we'll have to talk about it before the break because- because we do have a hard break and we have to take it, but how... Important is it then, if the United States uh, doesn't have all the gold it's supposed to have? What impact might that have on each of us as citizens of
3: of the United States? Well, certainly it would be very damaging to the credibility of uh, the United States government. I I don't know how much the world thinks that the value of the dollar is based on the U.S. uh, gold reserves, and I'm not a a gold standard guy. I'm a a free Mm -hmm. market uh, uh, advocate. In fact, I I don't want a gold standard. I don't Mm -hmm. want the the government tampering in the Gold market at all. I, I want a free gold price. I want gold to be a, a free currency that free people can resort to when they're unhappy with uh, with government uh, mm-hmm. currencies. Uh, but I I suspect the uh, the U.S. government can always make good on uh, on its gold reserve by uh, simp- simply offering uh, uh, to purchase gold at a higher price at uh, uh, at a high enough real pl- price. I think uh, we'd all tender our gold back to the the Treasury or uh, or the Fed if we were convinced that we were uh, being given you know real additional. Value for it, and I suspect that that will be the way that governments recover the gold that they have bled uh, surreptitiously into the markets so over the years, we'll wake up some Monday morning or uh, find out on the news Sunday night uh, sometime that there's a new international currency currency regime, and that uh, by the way, uh, Western central banks will be uh, bidding for gold at five or ten thousand dollars an ounce, something like that, and they'll get all the gold back. Yeah
2: so that could be the way that it that it happens uh and certainly as the markets uh will have their way eventually uh you can fool mother nature so long but there comes a time when uh, in fact that's the point that butler makes that uh that the the markets and, and probably some of the countries, uh, the creditor countries for sure um, are going to force uh, the United States or the, probably the debtor countries or they'll say the U.S. and the western world is spending more than it's uh, is spending more than it's creating uh, it's living beyond its means and in fact I believe that the western world is, is basically broke, it's insolvent it's not only illiquid. Yeah, I, I think it
3: happens today when the gold runs out, that's what happened in March 1968, the gold U.S. gold reserve have been run down for 25 Five thousand tons to about 8,200 tons, and uh, uh, the United States government realized that in a few weeks it would all be gone, and so they called off the the gold pool. Um, If uh, the eastern countries that are amassing gold uh, require real metal and Mm -hmm. refuse to take paper, uh, then the current gold reserves will get run down to nothing and then the game will be called off. But as long as gold buyers are are content to accept pieces of paper that say gold, uh, then the the scheme can go on forever. Mm,
2: Interesting. Well, it it could certainly well be uh, play out that way. Uh, So you'd see that the U.S. gold reserves uh, continue to dwindle. Uh, We don't really have any understanding of how much they are, but uh, if they have to, the U.S. has to give up its gold to keep uh, China or some of the other countries happy. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah,
3: I, I think that China certainly now is vigorously uh, mm-hmm. hedging its U.S. dollar exposure, and I suspect mm-hmm. that China itself lately has been cooperating in the gold price suppression scheme, because they are not fully hedged. They don't want the dollar to blow up yet. They want to yeah. ease out of the dollar as best they can, and and, uh, and obtain real assets, uh, mm-hmm. real goods, uh, properties, uh, resources for those dollars. And only when those dollars are fully hedged is China going to pull the plug. We do know okay. from the WikiLeaks cables that came out uh, a year or so ago that uh, the Chinese government is completely aware of the gold price suppression scheme. There were uh, cables okay, Chris, from the U.S. Chris, Embassy in Chris, hold that.
2: Uh, Chris please hold sure, that sure, thought. Sorry, we do have John. to go to a hard break now, Chris. Uh, when we come back, we'll pick up on the WikiLeaks uh, issue and and a continuation of what you were saying. It's Very, very interesting. Folks, don't go away. We have to go to a break. We'll be right back with Chris Powell. Don't
1: go away. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
2: Windfall profits happen frequently in gold exploration stocks, but the risk of losses are also common. Miranda Gold enhances prospects of shareholder gains by combining the intellectual capital of geologists, minefinders Ken Cunningham and Joe Herbert with other people's hard dollars in search for elephant-sized gold deposits in politically safe places like Nevada and Columbia. That keeps shareholder dilution to a minimum, so when discoveries are made, major gains are possible. For more, go to MirandaGold.com.
4: Bravada Gold Corporation controls 18 exploration and development properties covering nearly 50 square miles in Nevada's well-known gold trends. Its flagship Wind Mountain Gold Silver Project is 100% owned and had an independent updated resource estimate and positive preliminary economic assessment in early 2012. This past September, Bravada signed an agreement with Argonaut Gold to further explore and develop Wind Mountain. For further information, please visit bravadagold.com.
1: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
0: You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questions for taylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, Taylor at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
2: Welcome back uh, to the second hour of Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Uh, I am your host, Jay Taylor. Well, I'm really glad uh, that Chris could stay with us uh, into the second hour here because we're really some fascinating topics he was talking about. Uh, we were talking about the issue of China um, being a creditor nation and they're not, their lack of willingness to continue holding dollars and payment, uh, certainly realizing that that's a losing proposition. They're losing their shirt on dollars. The value of the dollar has gone down very dramatically uh, for China. So uh, that Game of uh, China accepting worthless, increasingly worthless pieces of paper. Over, as Chris was suggesting. Uh, and Chris, uh, my apologies. We do have to cut off uh, to uh, pay the bills, uh, so to speak. But um, I'm all back. for it. Chase. And and, uh, and and you were getting in some interesting topic, a uh, very interesting to- topic here, uh, con- uh, involving WikiLeaks. Does WikiLeaks they have revealed some some information in the gold
3: market? Uh, yeah, the uh, U.S. State Department cables that uh, WikiLeaks. Uh, got a hold of uh, the latest bunch, I guess, last year. They uh, contained, uh, I think, about four or five cables from the U.S. Embassy in Beijing to the State Department in Washington. It consisted of translations of uh, articles in the uh, Chinese government official press about uh, the Western gold price suppression scheme. I've got one uh, in front of me uh, here. Uh, it was uh, uh, sent in uh, 2009 uh, uh, from the state De- to the State Department. It, it's a translation of a Chinese newspaper uh, story. A newspaper translates to something called World News uh, Journal, and it's published by uh, the Chinese government uh, foreign radio service. And uh, the cable summary uh, translating the Chinese news story reads, according to China's National Foreign Exchanges Administration, China's gold reserves have recently increased. Currently, the majority of its gold reserves have been located in the United States and European countries. The U.S. and Europe have always suppressed the rising price of gold. They intend to weaken gold's function as an international reserve currency. They don't want to see other countries turning to gold reserves instead of the U.S. dollar or euro. Mm -hmm. Therefore, suppressing the price of gold is very beneficial for the United States in maintaining the U.S. dollar's role as the international reserve currency. China's increased gold reserves will thus act as a model and lead other countries toward reserving more gold. Large gold reserves are also beneficial in promoting the internationalization of the renminbi. Now, this is a official statement by the Chinese government in a Chinese government publication that was noted by the U.S. Embassy in Beijing, translated and sent to the State Department in Washington Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Now, Mm -hmm. we know from this that the Chinese government, and there's several other translations like this from other government publications in China, so we know that the Chinese government knows completely about the Western gold price suppression scheme, and we know that the U.S. government knows that China knows because the articles got translated and, and sent back to the State Department. This is an open secret. It can't be talked about in the Western mainstream financial press, but the Chinese government knows and is told the Chinese people in various publications. And the U.S. government knows, the China knows, because it cabled the information back to the State Department.
2: Yeah. Dirty, rotten secrets. That's the way I would have to look at it. Dirty, rotten secrets. And why is this important? This is important because what it means is that, as Alan Greenspan under, understood, the only way the government can steal property, private property, from the American people is by debasing the currency. And, and, uh, and if you have a gold standard, one in which, you know, as, as the Chinese were saying there, uh, if the go- if people opt for gold instead of paper money, instead of the monopoly money the- that the government has, then the government can't rob the public. So, you know, this is so important. This yeah, is well, so that's important. the
3: objective of it. I mean, that's why, you know, uh, I think the people in our organization would prefer there not to be uh, a gold standard. We look to gold as the uh, guarantee of, of property and, and personal liberty. We want mm-hmm. people to be able to resort to gold whenever mm-hmm. they are dissatisfied. With government uh, currencies, let the governments have their their currencies. The, the currencies are claims against the goods and services produced by the issuing nation, and that's uh, that's fine. But gold's purpose is a uh, sort of uh, insurance for uh, for individuals uh, against currency debasement that you're talking about.
2: Absolutely, and Ron Paul is in 100 percent agreement with you on that issue. He has, in fact, said that he wouldn't make gold a mandatory uh, mon- money in a monetary system, but rather let it compete with right. The paper That's line. his legislation
3: is to allow competitive currencies. I I, I think it's a great uh, concept and principle. It's just as a friend pointed out to me the other day. Okay, we we allow uh, competitive currencies to. The function within one country and then how do they do taxes yeah well that's that's what
2: they were most concerned about is the ability to uh, to take taxes and again the government uh, to rob the American people of their property their hard-earned property this is of course what governments have done throughout history and our uh, republic that was created in 1776 was indeed an anomaly the sad part of it is that we are reverting back towards sort of the norm of what governments have done rape and pillage their uh, the population this is this is why what you're talking about talking about is so important and if people could understand this in the mainstream media, Chris, the American people would would be outraged. And of course, this is one of the reasons I think they won't allow... Ron Paul to get very far I mean he took it about as far as you possibly as anybody possibly could I think in terms of educating the population in his run for the presidency would you agree
3: yeah I I, I agree and I voted for him in the Republican primary here in uh, in Connecticut uh, I am a little disappointed in him that he did not uh, uh, ask Federal Reserve and Treasury officials some of the pointed questions that I had suggested mm-hmm. to him but I've always suspected he didn't really want to be the one that actually uh, that actually pulled the uh the plug and mm-hmm uh while uh the gold price suppression scheme i think is is the most powerful mechanism of imperialism in the world today and i object to it uh for that reason i object to it more because it has destroyed our own free markets in the united states and it Absolutely. has really financialized uh, uh the whole economy it's it's turned us more into an economy uh based on financial manipulation and ledger domain and and uh, uh less on uh, production and uh and innovation and it's this uh this destruction of the market economy economy in the United States that I think uh, really ought to outrage uh, the American people. Absolutely, it has allowed a reallocation of wealth from the people that produce
2: wealth, and I like to say the miners, the manufacturers, the farmers, the inventors—people that actually do things—and then you're seeing allocation of resources, uh, financial, not only financial but personal, and uh, you know the talent being taken away from from these endeavors. I mean, one good case in point is Chen Lin, who's a partner of mine, who was uh, in a PhD program at Princeton for aeronautical engineering. But he said, "Who needs this?" And he was making so much money investing in the markets. He he took his brains and went out and made huge did extremely Is doing extremely well making a lot more money a doctor uh, that I've known you know a young doctor decided not to become a medical doctor just not a very not a very great profession any longer as it once was and he uh, got involved with a hedge fund so I think you're, what you're saying is absolutely right but you talked about the WikiLeaks and i like just to spend a minute perhaps to talk about WikiLeaks because here they exposed a truth about what's going on they shined some light on a dark dirty secret about how our government is re- is reallocating wealth essentially robbing the american people of their property. And so for that I consider uh the gentleman there Mr. Assange as a hero but w- what's going on there he's holed up in the uh, in the in the embassy of um of Ecuador, uh, Ecuador. Uh, what's the story there? What do you? What's your understanding? Of what's going on?
3: Well, uh, Assange is, is looking to uh, get out of what he sees as the clutches of the uh, uh, Anglo-American power structure. Uh, he's uh, uh, afraid that uh, if he stays in countries under the United States influence, uh, he's going to be uh, uh, arrested and charged with uh, espionage. Though I think that would be ridiculous. Uh, he didn't do any espionage. Uh, he merely published. Uh, what was uh, given to him by uh somebody who did betray his oath to the United States uh but Assange uh, really had uh, the freedom to publish it and he he did but he's hauled up in the uh uh Ecuadorian embassy in in London uh because London wants to return him to uh, Sweden and uh, Sweden does not have an arrest warrant out for him they hmm. they want him for questioning on uh, complaints of uh of sexual assault, um, and I uh, uh, really a little uh, perturbed that he's facing extradition to Sweden, not because there's any arrest warrant for him, but just mm. because the a Swedish prosecutor uh, wants to uh, to question him. Um, he's afraid that if he leaves the embassy, they will take him to Sweden, and Sweden will uh, imprison him or turn him over to the United States, and then the United States will bring some espionage prosecution against him. And while I I don't have any particular admiration for the guy. I, I do uh, I want due process of law uh, to be maintained uh, everywhere, and, and to extradite a guy on the on the mere request for questioning strikes me as a little too much. Well, do you think he would even be given a trial? Because after
2: all, now Chris, we know that our president of the United States can have any one of us assassinated if he believes that we are a uh,
3: yeah. A I know. Terrorist. I I'd fear that he'd be. Uh
2: shot while trying to escape without any due process uh, i mean if this non citizen if if citizens of the United States are not allowed to have any uh due process any longer, why would a guy like this be given any due process uh if the united states and the anglo american empire got Yeah, all of the,
3: them? the uh, you know the last uh, defense uh, i hate to say defense for the last military appropriations bill here in the united states uh, contained language that seems to uh allow the uh, uh, indefinite uh detention uh, without trial of uh of American citizens uh, upon a, a mere uh charge of uh, of terrorism. And uh I uh <clears throat> that's really repealing the the Bill of Rights and for what uh what reason? You could uh you can repeal or suspend habeas corpus, I guess, according to the constitution in time of war or uh you know, in cases of uh rebellion, but uh uh, we are not in any kind of uh, war that has impaired the functioning uh, of the federal courts. Uh, our, our courts are operating in uh, uh, completely ordinary uh, ways, uh, just as they've always been, and there's no reason, as far as I can see, to uh, uh, compromise uh, due process of law and uh, complaints of terrorism. Yeah, main thing is to keep
2: the American public down on the mushroom farm, as they say, so they don't really understand what's going on. And uh, uh, I think on. It's, it's
3: to keep everybody scared and uh, to prevent people from asking questions and uh, discourage them from trying to hold their government accountable. And uh, that can't be uh, permitted.
2: Uh, Chris, you talked about the Exchange Stabilization Fund. Tell our listeners, uh, those who may not be familiar with it, what are the powers of the Exchange Stabilization Fund and how does that apply to the gold markets as well as a lot of other markets?
3: Well, the Exchange Stabilization Fund is uh, an agency of the U.S. Treasury Department. It was created by the Gold Reserve Act of uh, of 1934. And uh, in the original legislation and in the uh law as it has been amended i believe in 1970 uh the exchange stabilization fund uh has the authority to uh, uh well originally had the authority to trade in the uh, currency markets and particularly to trade in the uh, the gold market uh in the name of stabilizing the value of the dollar as it was amended in 1970 uh the exchange stabilization fund now has the the authority to trade uh not only in every market uh, including the gold market, but to trade surreptitiously in the markets it 's basically a, a market rigging mechanism that uh, uh, exists very candidly for market rigging uh, and has uh, got full legal authority uh, to do it. It answers only to the secretary of the treasury and the and the president of uh, of the United states and it 's exempt from the freedom of information law and uh, uh, that I think is a, uh, a main place that you would go looking if you, uh, you wanted evidence of, uh, of surreptitious market intervention. Now, uh, you can, you can, I'm not making this up, you can, you can find the Treasury Department's, uh, uh, Exchange Stabilization Fund page and they will, uh, cite their authority to trade in gold and anything else. Yeah, so that means that they
2: could come in, uh, as one Federal Reserve official suggested long ago, I can't remember his name, um, which one it was, but somebody suggested a long time ago when the equity markets start to tank that the Fed or the Treasury should come in and, and, uh, use the S&P 500, the S&P Yeah, buy S&P. futures. Uh, if, uh, you, buy futures?
3: Uh, if you read the, uh, the Gold Reserve Act, uh, and I can send people the link to the, Actual statute, if you read the uh, Treasury Department's uh, description of the authority of the Exchange Stabilization Fund, it has full authority. authority to trade surreptitiously in any market at all. So you come into the oil markets, rig the oil markets, you come into the
2: gold markets as the silver markets, any market, the bond markets, the treasury markets, probably the most important markets, one of the biggest markets anyway, uh, not more important than gold, I would argue, but so it, it, do you, do you believe that this is probably ongoing, that there's things now, especially since Lehman Brothers and the problems that have occurred. We've seen all manner of new uh, tools being taken out of the Fed's toolbox, so to speak, of manipulating the markets, uh, it would seem to me that this might be something that is almost ongoing in almost every market. And and the further you, and the more you manipulate a market, the more out of whack that market becomes requires even more manipulation, does it not?
3: Oh yeah, but you gotta remember, Jay, a, a lot of this stuff is done in the open. I mean, the yeah. Reuters had a story, uh, uh, the other day saying that the Obama administration again is considering, uh, using the, uh, strategic oil reserve, right. uh, to disordered from the strategic oil reserve to knock oil and gasoline prices down, presumably, uh, in time to uh, support the President's reelection. election uh, This is market intervention done in the open. Uh, a lot of currency market intervention is done in the open. Uh, why anybody would think that the gold market alone would be untouched by the, uh, this kind of government intervention its just beyond me. Yeah. Well, we
2: have uh, we have some friends of ours. uh, With friends, maybe is not the right word, that uh, that will maintain otherwise. uh, That that somehow that they're so insignificant and unimportant that there's no reason to touch the gold or the silver markets and the silver
3: markets. Maybe these guys have never, Jay, put a single question to a central banker. I mean they will give these sweeping denials that nothing could possibly be be happening but they've never undertaken any original research themselves or or put a question to uh, a central bank official. My organization by contrast has sued central banks twice. We have a a third Freedom of Information claim uh, pending now with the the Fed and the Federal Open Market Committee and the State Department and the Treasury Department. We have elicited uh, statements and documents showing that there's all sorts of gold secrets all over the place and and yet, this does not uh, prompt the least bit of curiosity from these uh, so-called mainstream gold market analysts.
2: Tell us, what is the uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, information that you're looking for now?
3: Oh, we've we've uh, recently asked the uh, the Fed and the FOMC and the State Department and the Treasury Department for access to uh, uh, all uh, international agreements to which the United States or a U.S. government agency. Is a party uh, involving gold. Uh, our original free information complaint against uh, the Fed involved uh, gold swaps. Well, we've, we've broadened them now to uh, apply to any international agreement involving gold. We're particularly curious to see if we can we can find any documentation of uh, these gold swap arrangements between the, uh, say, the United States and, and the Bundesbank or Bank of England or. Uh, other central banks like that, uh, it will be a while before anything comes of, uh, uh, this case. These, these case, cases typically take, uh, a year or two before they yield anything. But we have gotten acknowledgements from three of the four agencies that they've received our, uh, request and, uh, We'll see. After a certain point, if we do not get the uh, access to uh, the records that we seek, we will have the option of, of bringing another lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia, and perhaps uh, we will uh, gain some useful information uh, out of that, as we did from our, our first lawsuit. But I, I hope at least the uh, the new free information requests will give some ideas to the uh, mainstream financial Journalists, that maybe there are a few questions worth uh, worth asking here.
2: Yeah, I, I hope you're right about that. Well one of the best uh, questions, I think, an important question that the uh, that the uh, interviewer at Russian Television asked you was, could you provide a smoking gun evidence of manipulation? And you pointed to something that took place
3: in 2009. Would you care to share that yeah, with our listeners? It was in the course of our FOI request to the Federal Reserve. Um, our request was. Given to uh, a member of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, Kevin M. Warsh, who is effectively uh, acting as a hearing officer in the Fed's internal review of our Freedom of Information uh, case. He, uh, of course, turned us down. uh, They weren't going to give us much of anything. Uh, Wrote a three page letter to our lawyer on September 17, 2009, which is posted on our internet site in which he acknowledged that among the records that the Fed was uh, keeping secret from us and uh, uh, the rest of uh, uh, American citizens uh, were records of uh, gold swap arrangements with foreign banks. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was an acknowledgement that uh, despite the many denials given by government officials over the years that they don't have anything to do with the government, it was an acknowledgement that the Fed in the here and now, not in distant history, but right now uh, is surreptitiously involved in the gold market, that uh, Mm -hmm. the Fed has secret gold swap arrangements with foreign banks. Now, that letter did not say that the Fed has implemented those gold swap uh, arrangements. We don't know that. All we know is that uh, uh, Fed Governor Warsh acknowledged that uh, uh, among the documents about gold that the Fed is keeping secret documents involving secret gold swap arrangements with foreign banks. So we know that the Fed is at least contemplating and prepared uh, uh, for uh, intervention in the gold market. I'm very confident, given Statements that the Bundesbank has made to us that uh, the Fed indeed has uh, intervened in the gold market through with the Bundesbank acting as uh, as the Fed's agent, but that's uh, I think a very contemporaneous uh, smoking gun. That's yeah. September 17, 2009. Yeah, it seems to me that would leave very little doubt, if any. You know, and and you
2: guys uh, at GATA have have compiled lots and lots of, of examples over the years, many too many to to mention in a short period of time like like now. There's also like the- just talk a little bit in the few minutes we have left, Chris, about the silver markets and the investigation that's been going on there. Some interesting things coming out of the Financial Times suggesting that an investigation into the silver market uh, rigging, uh, that there wasn't enough evidence to take it any further. And then an an individual of the CFTC uh, came out and said, yes, there is. It's not. We haven't decided to dismiss the case just yet. Would you care to fill our listeners in a little bit on on that story?
3: Yeah, the the CFTC has been purporting to be investigating the silver market for three and a half years. Nothing has come from it and a few weeks ago the Financial Times wrote a story on its front page attributed to unidentified sources that the investigation would be concluded without action. Um, This story was promptly contradicted by Bart Shulton, a member of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission who said that no, there had been no decision to uh, conclude the investigation, that uh, uh, it was still ongoing and he hoped that there would be something uh, said about it in a a month or two. I admire Chilton very much for having brought this issue out into the open and Chilton has given statements uh, many times, including again recently, that uh, he believes the silver market has been tampered with and the gold market too. But uh, I think that the CFTC at this point has probably been told candidly that uh, the uh, rigging of the gold and silver markets is a U.S. government operation and the CFTC should stay out of it. I have pointed uh, to President Johnson's uh, statement uh, back in 1965 when he he signed the Pointage Act uh, demonetizing silver that year. Uh, Johnson warned silver investors uh, not to invest in silver because he said the Treasury Department had a big stockpile of silver and if uh, there was any attempt uh, uh, to uh drive the price up, the United States government would disordered from the uh, Silver Reserve and, uh, and knock the price down. So rigging the silver market has been official U.S. government policy since at least 1965. Um, I think it remains uh, that policy uh, today, uh, but we'll just have to uh, have to see. Um, I don't expect the CFTC to bring uh, any action here because it is a government operation, but I do think there will be uh, disclosures uh, about the silver market, if only from the class action lawsuit that's been brought Against J.P. Morgan uh, Chase for a silver market rigging, that's now pending in U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York.
2: Chris, uh, how long can this go on? This, this these, mani- the manipulation of, of the silver and the gold markets. You have economic reality on the one hand, and then you have this fantasy currency, this this con job, if you will, to try to keep people interested and believing in paper money that has absolutely no backing. It is a liability money. The only reason that our money is worth anything is if other people can pay their debts, and we're seeing. Well, the government
3: enough. makes the money worth something, Jay. It, it's you know it's required that uh, the money is uh, uh, you know legal tender for all debts, public and private. That's what gives the uh, the money value. It is a claim against uh, all the goods and services available in the United States. It's not worth nothing. It is, as you say, constantly depreciating, which is the objection about it. That's why we want an alternative to it. But uh, you're right; it's a con job. Uh, uh, the government doesn't want us uh, concentrating on the constant depreciation of uh, uh, of the money. How long can it go on? I think it can go on until the uh, the alternative, the, the the hard money alternative, the, the gold and silver uh, reserves are exhausted. That's how it ran out in uh, uh, March 1968 and I think that is uh, that is how it will end today. The governments will see that they, the manipulating governments anyway, will see that they, they don't have enough metal to uh, keep manipulating the markets with and they will retreat to a higher price level, perhaps offer a uh, very much higher price for people tendering their gold to uh, the government will start uh, all over again, but it can go on as long as gold and silver investors, including governments, are prepared to take pieces of paper that say gold and silver uh, when they when they buy the metal instead of insisting on delivery of the real stuff. That can go on forever. Jay, this is it's a question of uh, of, of, of knowledge versus ignorance. I don't know when people are going to wise up. I hope it's in my lifetime. So
2: it's really uh, it's really an issue of trying to shed light. On reality, uh, certainly, people like Eric Sprott and others have advertised the need to take possession of of the metal, and you can do it in various ways, uh, including Mr. Some of the, the funds that Mr. Sprott's organization runs. You can do it through James Turk's Gold Money is another way. There's a number of different ways. Do you are you concerned though, Chris, uh, that the government might not just bid on gold, but might just confiscate it as they did in the 1930s? Is it's
3: that a, a possibility, Jay. I don't know what they're going to do. I do know I engaged the Treasury Department. Of- a few years ago in long correspondence. Uh, I wanted to know what the Treasury Department's policy on confiscation was and at first they wouldn't answer me but finally when I engaged my congressman uh, he compelled them to answer me and I got a very long candid letter back from the Assistant uh, Secretary for Foreign Assets Control and he told me that uh, under the Trading with the Enemy Act of 1917 and the Emergency Economic Powers Act I think it was like 1974 or something like that uh, the Treasury Department claims the uh, power upon proclamation of an emergency by the President of the United States to seize or freeze any gold or silver-related asset, but he added that I shouldn't get too paranoid about it because under the same two laws, the Treasury Department, under the uh, uh, upon the proclamation of an emergency by the tre- President of the United States, the Treasury Department claims the power to seize or freeze. Any asset in the United States, so, so don't, they don't worry don't about, claim about the gold. The power Jay in an emergency to take anything they damn well please from us As a practical matter. I don't think it's going to happen. Right, and
2: aren't we happy to have our government take care of us the way they do, huh? Land okay. of the
3: free and home of the brave.
2: Well, it once was, and I and I uh, want again commend you and Bill Murphy and the army of people that have worked for GATA and who have really done done a great service. I believe uh, in your through your civil rights organization to shed light uh, on on what's going on here because it is pickpocketing organization it is a theft organization through fiat money you're doing your part Chris, you and the people at GATA to help uh, people understand what is really going on because it certainly isn't advertised by the mainstream. I want to thank you very much for being with us. And again, it's gata.org. Where can people pick up and follow your work? Because you provide some wonderful information on a daily basis, I might add, and
3: people that are listening to this show can avail themselves to that, right? Yes, they can, Jay. They can just go to our uh, internet site, gata.org, and uh, they can uh, sign up for our free uh, daily uh, dispatches. There's a little mechanism in the right-hand column of the Excellent. Thank you very
2: much, Chris, for being with us, your generous allocation of your time to our listeners. Well, the purpose of this show, which started back on March 24th, 2009, was to try to understand the reasons why policymakers are enacting policies that are not in the best interest of the American people. Ed Griffin's excellent book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, is, I believe, the best book in the world to understand why and who is behind the Federal Reserve Bank policy and why this group of people have chosen to privatize profits and socialize losses. Ed Griffin helps us understand why the Fed is destroying free market capitalism in favor of fascist economic policies. Like all fascist systems, a ruling elite uses government to benefit themselves at the expense of the general population. Ed Griffin noted that manipulating the gold price and markets is a very important innate For the Fed to continue to deceive and rob the American people by keeping them conned into believing the dollar is worth something. Chris Powell provided a smoking gun evidence that, in fact, the Fed and the Treasury are manipulating the gold price to keep people conned into believing in dollars. But listeners to this show are not so easily deceived. It is important to realize that just as surely as happened in the Soviet Union, the markets ultimately will prevail over the thugs and scoundrels that run our American government. In other words, Keynes and his communist followers, like Paul Krugman, can try to con us into believing that gold is not money and that they are smarter than markets. To the extent they are successful, it means that those of us who know better can bet against their lies and buy more gold and silver at bargain basement prices. I believe the recent pullback in gold and silver will provide a buying opportunity of a lifetime, perhaps, and that we are very close to the next major blast-off to much higher prices for gold and silver, as well as mining shares. I might mention Charles Nanner is suggesting a mid-June bottom date. Well, that's about all the time we have for this week. But next week, my guest will be Michael Evans, who will discuss the prospects of an impeachment for President Obama on the basis of current scandals relating to the IRS, Benghazi, and perhaps one to do also with the World Bank. In that regard, in a few weeks, I will uh, expect to be talking to former World Bank attorney Karen Houdis, who has blown the whistle on corruption at the World Bank, assuming that Attorney General. Eric Holder does not succeed in silencing her by putting her in jail for trespassing on the World Bank's premises. Karen is scheduled to appear before Eric Holder's U.S. Attorney's Office May 30th, 13. Well, that's about all the time we have for this week. In closing, I want to thank Tacy Trump, my producer, and Matt Widener, my engineer, for making this show logistically possible. Thanks to each of you for listening, making this show the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. Till next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you.
4: Paramount Gold is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce advanced stage gold and silver projects in the mining-friendly jurisdictions of Nevada and northern Mexico. Backed by a strategic investor and a strong balance sheet, an experienced management team has completed preliminary economic assessments on both projects, showing robust economics and immense potential for increasing ounces and mine life. For more information, go to ParamountGold.com or follow on Twitter, PZGnews.
1: Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top-ranked gold mining region. Sandgold's most recent gold discovery, the Shoreline Basalt Mining Unit, is already in production at more than 75,000 ounces per year. And Sandgold continues to pursue nearby targets within one of Manitoba's most prospective gold mining trends, the Rice Lake Gold Belt. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol is SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www.sandgold.ca.